This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. In this 14th edition of Radiant Reflections, Pastor Josh Harama and Pastor Ryan Bibb talk a little bit more about the word righteousness. This churchy word just means to be in right standing with God. They'll talk more about this part of the armor, the breastplate of righteousness. Here's Josh and Ryan. Well, good morning and welcome to episode 14 of the Radiant Reflections podcast. Podcast of Radiant Life Church. Josh Harama here with Pastor Ryan Bibb. Pastor Ryan Bibb, how's it going? Uh, it's all right. I'm all right. But what I find fascinating is as you just welcomed us, I'm looking at your questions. I was like, how do you always remember what episode this is? So this is the first. I was e- impressed. This is the first episode that I, I actually wrote it down in my notes because last week I had like a, oh no, did I say the wrong episode? Because there was a, an overlap in the timing to where we recorded this, but then I got the video version and it, oh. so, so we recorded episode 13 last week, but then I got the upload for episode 12, and I'm like, oh, no, did I say the wrong episode? It was, it was this big, uh, you know, fun thing in my mind. So episode 14, <laughs> continuing here at Radiant Life in our series, SWAT, Spiritual Warfare and Tactics. Uh, this past week, we tackled another piece of armor, uh, which, if you want to hear that message, you should be able to access that on your podcast platforms, or you can go to the radiantlife.church slash media, and you can listen to the messages in the SWAT series there. But uh, so this week, Ryan, you encouraged us to plate up. Now, first of all, like this is, this has kind of been accidental, right? This whole like every week ending with some sort of an up. Yeah, completely right? accidental. <laughs> As we planned this series, we did not at all intend to end with a blank up but it just from week one it was sued up week two uh gird up and i was like oh man we have something <laughs> we going something. so for the rest of the armor of god you will have something that is blank up there you go so we might have yeah. to get creative for some of these uh yes <laughs> i mean yeah because you, you want to do something where people understand it but it's not so far out there but yeah it, but it's also fun at the same time trying to come up with whatever the up is. Yeah, yeah. So we played up with the breastplate of righteousness. But righteousness, and you, you hit on this in your message, but for those that haven't heard that message yet, like righteousness is kind of a churchy word, right? What, what is righteousness? Well, first of all, it's not kind of a churchy word. It <laughs> is a churchy word. 100% righteousness. Like how often in your own vocabulary... Vocabulary, vocabulary daily. Do you ever say righteousness? I don't know. If I was like a stereotypical Never. surfer guy, I would probably say it, right? Oh, no, you would that's say like, righteous. It's like totally righteous. <laughs> I don't know. Right? That, that was Australian, by the way. Was I don't it? know if that, if that was surfer. Okay, so I was an Australian surfer like Steve surfer Irwin guy. Do, do, chasing crocodiles. Australian guys surf sometimes, right? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I guess they do. <laughs> so what is what is? So it is a churchy word. Um but I think there's a clue in the word that gives it away. And it's the first part. It's if you clue in on the word right, it's this idea of living straight or upright living. Um, we are in right standing before God. Like that is, that is your basic theological definition of what righteousness is. It's, it's right, upright living and um, being made right 
before God. So can we have a relationship with God without being righteous? No. That was a very emphatic. <laughs> Simple question. That'll, that'll, uh, Can we have a relationship with God without being righteous? No. As soon as we enter a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are, we are made right. The way God sees us is he doesn't see our sin. He doesn't see the mess that we see, right? Uh, we see it. We are made right before God, when we enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we're made right. And so the way God sees us is he sees Jesus and not all of our messiness and mistakes and everything that we may see in ourselves. But as soon as we enter a relationship with Jesus, we are given righteousness. Well, but isn't that something, you know, is there some way that I can, in a sense, justify myself that I can achieve? You know, you're a three on the Enneagram, right? You're, a, you're an achiever, right? Is it possible for you? to achieve righteousness on your own? Uh, no, but we like to think so. <laughs> because that, that is the hard thing of being an achiever is you go after things. Um, you go after, um, in your own mind, what you think success is. You go after this mountain to climb or that, and you feel like you can, um, everything you've done is kind of, you go after it. Even This is something that's imputed or put on or given to us by Jesus. So it's hard because, as, especially as a three, I'm always going after things. So it feels like this is righteousness is something I have to go after as far as I got to do this or that or make sure I don't slip up or do that in order to be made right. But So this is a challenging armor of God piece for me because um, I do go after things. And it's like, hey, if I serve God more, if I do this, if, I'm, if I make sure I make this wise decision, if I don't use these words or whatever, oh, God, will you, it, almost in a sense for me personally, it's like, God, will you love me more? Well, am I even made more right in your eyes? And it's not. And this, is, this has been like a two-year process for me, maybe two-and-a-half-year process of really understanding what righteousness is and that I'm clothed in righteousness and I think for my own soul, I just have to rest in that. Because the devil really, in my own life, and we, maybe we've talked about this last week a little bit, the devil in my life, he loves to remind me um, of shame and guilt. I know it, and I hate it when I mess up. I carry shame, I carry guilt. It's probably the number one thing I, I wrestle with is shame. Um, because as a three, as an achiever, you don't want shame. Uh, you go after things. And so shame is a very heavy thing that I have on my heart, and I know I get um, attacked there, but I also ha I'm realizing just get in a boat with Jesus. Jesus is proud. I'm covered in righteousness. I'm made right before God, and God sees me as Jesus, not as I see myself. So what, why do you think we have such a hard time coming to terms with that, though? You know, because it's like it almost seems like, oh, hey, sweet, this is great. God looks at Jesus and he sees that. He doesn't see my, my you know, screw-ups and my mistakes and all of that stuff. Why do we have such a hard time uh, actually accepting that? I mean, I, mean, I mean, for you, I mean, especially for people who aren't maybe an achiever, you know, on the Instagram. Sure. Like, like, sure. Because it just seems like a lot of people struggle with that. Well, I said in my message that God um, freely gives grace and forgives us. Uh, but we all know he doesn't erase our memories of the things that we've done, our sin. Uh, 
we remember. We are great. We have great memories. And the problem is that's where the devil wants to attack us, is just constantly be thinking, dig up our past. And it's easy to reflect on that because we carry so much shame and guilt. We know where we've screwed up. We know it. We want to leave it in the past, but the problem is the devil's deceitful and wants to sneak in there and remind you of where you tripped up. And it gets to us. It does. And so that's the hard balance of, yes, plating up, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, that I'm made right before God. I'm not this dirty person. And here's another thing in this world. We love to remind people of how messed up they are. So it's not even, it's not even just that, hey, I'm, I'm having this, this conversation with myself. But we're, we're pointing out to other people the idea that, oh, hey, you're totally not righteous. <laughs> we'll, we will crucify people, not literally, but figuratively, over one mistake. And we will always just rest that. That's, that's what they are. And we label them that. Instead of giving God what God gives us, second, third, fourth, fifth chances, God showers us with grace. We have a hard time doing that with ourselves. We have a hard time doing that with others. So as soon as you screw up, like, I'm I, okay, before I give this analogy, I'm making this analogy up so all the viewers and listeners understand <laughs> this is made up. If you have an affair on your wife, you will almost, in our culture today, I feel like we will label you an adulterer, and that's your label you wear probably, maybe perhaps, the rest of your life. Now, now, Rook, I just want to jump in right there because uh, the, the main cultural uh, take on that, you know, your, your more secular culture, they might not respond that way. Are you, are you talking more from a church perspective like, you know, within the church or... I think we're you, seeing it you come think, across all culture. You, you, okay. The way news crucifies people over one mistake, you've labeled them. Now, um, I, I, think it's, I think it's across the board. I, I remember one instance that here at the church, we had, we had a, a, a certain... Uh, we, had, we had this family come, and uh, they were far from Jesus, did not know. They were living a wild lifestyle, and I remember getting that phone call from someone saying, do you realize so-and-so is coming to your church? It's like, absolutely. Um, do you know their lifestyle? Do you know what they do? And I'm like, I, I, I do. Um, and my, my phone conversation, uh, and, I, and I remember this clear as like it was in this moment. I said, but do you know last week they, get, they surrendered their hearts to Jesus? And they're like, no. But they were wearing that label still from outside of their, what their lifestyle was. And so, yeah, in the church world, I do think it's easy, but I think we're seeing a shift in culture. I really do feel like we label people, and that's what they are, and that's the way we view them. We, we don't ever, I think it's hard to actually put on, especially if you got hurt by someone, put on the lens of righteous, that they are, if they follow Jesus, they're made right. The, the way God sees them is they see Jesus in them. Do we really view people that way? Or do we love to play like, like Satan, the enemy of our souls, to attack people and say, that's who you are, that's what you did to me, that's the past, and we, we pigeonhole you there instead of sitting there going, yeah, you made a mistake, you are remorseful, you are forgiving, and man, the way God sees you is he sees Jesus. I think our prayer should be, God, give us the eyes the way you see people. Because man, we got tainted eyes. So speaking of tainted eyes and speaking of culture, how would you, how would you address, you know, because we're, we're talking about hell, hey, you know, you know, 
God sees the righteousness of Jesus. But what would you say to the person who says, well, you know, really, if I, if I make all the right decisions, if I am a moral person, right, if I, if I do my best to not cause harm to other people, which that seems to be like a primary feature in some of the uh, ethics conversations that you have. Well, hey, you know, you know, as long as it doesn't hurt somebody else, mm-hmm. it's okay. Um, you know, then there's this idea that, oh, well, then I'm a, I'm a good person and, and, and I've got to have good standing with God because I'm a good person. Uh-huh. I mean, and I don't know if you've come across this, this <laughs> line of thinking, but I mean, this, this seems to be out there in our culture. What would you say to that person? I mean, because we're kind of kicking that in the teeth, but I mean, like, help that person who's listening or watching. Is like, well, yeah, really, you're like, <laughs> hey, so-and-so is a good person. I'm a good person. Like, but, but we're saying, well, no, that isn't good enough. Just walk us through that maybe a little bit more. Uh, yeah. None of us are good enough without Jesus Christ. You can be the best moral person in this world but far from Jesus, not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You, if you were to pass away, um, according to Scripture, there is only one way to our Heavenly Father. It is through Jesus Christ. And if you don't have that relationship, it doesn't matter how good you are here on earth, no matter how morally good you are, without Jesus, without Jesus, there is no life. There is no eternal life afterwards in the heavens. There isn't. Um, Paul wrote in Romans chapter 4, verse, uh, let me get this for us, verse 20, 24. So Romans four twenty four. it says, to whom God will credit righteousness, right? That right standing before God. To whom God will credit righteous for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. There it is right there. It's belief in Jesus and God will credit, we, we use the, again, theological term imputed righteousness, that God clothes us with righteousness when we have relationship with Jesus. So no matter how morally upright you think you are, and I, I'm just a great citizen, like that is incredible. And, and that's honorable that you are upright morally, that you are contributing to society in a good manner, not in a bad manner. But I want to tell you, without Jesus Christ, it's meaningless. That's where the difference is. Why do, you, why do you think people push against that a little bit? This idea that they, we have to depend on Jesus for it. And that, you know, again, we, we, we will know, but hey, I, I am a good person. I am a good person. And, and, and they kind of rail against that idea that they have to depend on Jesus. Why, why do you think that is? Um, because I think we have self-idolatry. Un- unpack that a little bit. Self-idolatry. Um, yeah, I, don't, I made that up, maybe. <laughs> um, we think we can do it. It's, it's the hero in us that we think, I'm my own hero. I'm my own demigod. I don't need another thing, if you will, an outside source. I don't need this Jesus. I am me, and I can do it. I'm making right decisions. I'm morally good. I don't need another outside thing to come in and tell me what I can and cannot do. Because we, we, we like our own freedom. We like our own liberty. We like, don't tell me what to do. And especially, I don't know if I believe this God thing. And then, then 
you know, the secular view of, of God's word is like, it's a book of rules, right? You guys got to, you guys got to be no fun and I got to follow that. And it's like, no, 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 there's freedom in restriction. Like God's sitting there going, here are healthy boundaries to, for you to have life and life abundantly. Stay within these boundaries. And it's just that trust in, in our heavenly father that says, when we get outside these boundaries, Boundaries, destruction will happen. It will derail us. And our loving Heavenly Father is just trying to give us healthy boundaries to experience life to the full. And I think people just don't understand that in the secular world. They just don't get it if they're far from God. They don't get that. They may look at all this and just say, that's a bunch of rules. That's a bunch of things and regulations. I don't want to abide by. I'm my own self-idolatry. I lift myself up higher. I can do it. You know, we have the saying, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Right? We live into that. I want to say, no, how about live into the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? Don't pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Like, that's not, <laughs> yeah, that's not healthy or so, effective. So do you think, I mean, if you look back over church history, right, if you look back through Scripture, do you think this is a, a more of an issue in, like, Western culture? You know, you, you think, you know, here, for those that are listening, maybe we have some international listeners, right? But we, we're in uh, the United States, the Midwest of the United States. Right? I mean, and you have a very individualistic society. Mm-hmm. Do you think that we have a harder time with this than uh, maybe some other cultures where, that aren't quite a more difficult focused? time with what? Uh, well, on on you know the self idolatry that oh, you're talking about, yeah. this idea of of you know pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps of like I can do it, um, you know, versus a culture that's much less focused on the individual. Yeah. Do you think they would be more readily accepting of this idea that, no, hey, I can't save myself. I think I this is like, I, I feel like you've got the volleyball set for me to spike it for a whole nother <laughs> podcast. And I think you know what the other podcast is in this moment. Um, I think freedom has skewed our faith. Hmm. See, you know, <laughs> we've talked. I, yes. Now, I don't mean freedom within Jesus Christ. Because there is freedom in Jesus Christ. We have that. That's awesome. What I mean is the, the idea of American freedom. Do you know that the most thriving church in America or in the world right now is China, where it's the most persecuted? Interesting. They have the highest rate right now of converts coming into faith. And they're the most, one of the most persecuted churches in the entire world world and they have one of the least amount of freedoms they're doing church underground they're hiding church and we as americans flip out when we think our freedom is getting stripped away like covid has scared us we gotta take back our freedoms hold on what happened if god is just allowing this this is a side note for a time of personal renewal and maybe perhaps this is where we can be at our best and stripping our free you know what? You can strip away all of our freedom. At the end of the day, I still have Jesus Christ at the core. Nothing matters. Freedom will not matter. I know where I'm at, and there are still people, whether we have freedom or not, going to heaven or hell. And if that's a reality, I don't care what freedom I have. I'm good with the gospel message of Jesus Christ, and there are still people that need to hear it. And so, yeah, I do think a lot of that into our freedom in America has this huge, huge individualistic idea that I think is actually probably maybe another podcast, but is not truly biblical. We, we in America are actually probably have one of the worst ideas of what community really is versus another nation. 
I mean, you and I, we've been to Sierra Leone, Africa. They live in community, biblical community, greater than we do in America. But which, we love which the individualistic. It's not to say that there aren't, there aren't pockets of people in, in the, oh, in no, the no, states no, no, that no, have no. community. Yeah. And I do want to clarify, like, I mean, we have the freedom to sit here and do this podcast, and we're not, we're not like, trying to, like, give that the bird. Uh, I just think some of the way, and I don't think that's what you're saying at all, but Absolutely some of the not. ways that we um, marry in, yes, we're getting a little bit off track. This is going to be a totally separate <laughs> podcast. Um, some of the ways that we marry our faith and our uh, political uh, ideologies, and yeah, it can, it can be a mess. Yes, <laughs> just be careful to marry faith and politics. My quiet time last week... Um, was the, basically our one political statement we have from Jesus. Give to Caesars what's Caesars. Give to God what's God's. Okay, more on that in a future podcast, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, I, I got going on a little bit of a rabbit trail I there. I told you, I felt <laughs> like you were like lofting that I ball am, for me I to am, go I down think, that other podcast road. I think I so badly want to do that episode, I, and, and those questions are sneaking in, because especially maybe as we, as we get closer and closer to uh, the election this year. Yeah. I just there's there's so many things I'm like oh I think it would be good for us to address that yeah. as as oh let me church. say one more thing just be careful to marry your faith into a political party. But Jesus was a Republican, wasn't he? Jesus was <laughs> anything. Um, just 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 be careful that we marry our faith into a political party. Um, don't marry it into the Democratic Party. Don't marry it into the Republican Party. Or the Libertarians or the Green Party or what are some other random Whatever parties that, ones that never show up on the chance. card. I, I, I don't know. Just be very careful of doing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, so that'll, be a, that'll be a future podcast. So uh, in this message, you talk about the Roman understanding of, you know, as you're talking about the, the, the breastplate and how it basically protects your guts, yeah. right, that you talked that uh, they viewed – this connection between the heart, the will, the mind, the conscience, emotions. And yes, while that's not maybe anatomically correct, right? Is there truth in that view? Sure. Do you think, do you think those things are all connected? Obviously, like... I mean, in a sense, yes. In a sense. I mean, obviously not to the full degree they did because we know... Um, we know anatomy... Uh, thanks to advancement in technology and sciences, we know anatomy a lot better than the first century world did. But um, it goes back to Proverbs 4.23, which uh, says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. There is something in the ancient world about the idea of the heart, and the heart being the center of everything. Now, I do say uh, I did totally screw up in the heart because I said fart. Oh, yeah. My kids <laughs> noticed it right away. Like, they were laughing. Like, oh, Dad, you said that. And I was like, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, the heart is central. And, uh, I, you know, hey, we know that our, they believe that out of, out of the heart flows life, everything. Um, but we know where our thoughts come from. Our thoughts are in our, our mind. But is there something within the heart that also fuels those thoughts that are in the mind? Perhaps. Um, you know, we, we often ask, we don't ask, how's your mind? We ask, how's your heart? What's going on inside, right? And how, so, how are you feeling? How you are, are you more, feeling? More of the yep. emotional. Yep. But they are, it's all like spaghetti. I think they all are intertwined together. You know, think of a 
plate of spaghetti, you've got all those noodles. They're all crisscross applesauce all over the place, you know, type thing. But there is an intersection of it. Um, and here's, here's the thing, though. The most vital organ in your body in war is your heart. If I can get to your heart, I can forgive me. You did. It's the kill shot. <laughs> it's the kill shot is the heart. So it's interesting that Paul's sitting there viewing, hey, you have to put this plate of righteousness that realize your identity in Jesus Christ and cover your heart in that because that's at the crosshairs of your enemy right there. So there is. I mean, I think there's an intersection, but we know, again, our thoughts are coming from our mind. But is there, I think also it could be just how's your heart? Where is your heart right now? And the enemy wants to attack right there. Let me, let, me, let me remind you of your mistakes. Let me remind you that you're a screw-up. So then you're questioning your heart, like, maybe this is who I am. And that's where the devil likes to attack, yeah. specifically me. Well, I mean, and there's definitely that connection. Sometimes I, I think people have this, this false dichotomy of, well, no, I'm, this is either the mind or the heart. Yep. Uh, I'm either going to be you know, all you know, cerebral and you know, logical and rational or I'm going to be emotional and, you know, a very feelings-oriented kind of person. And, well, there might be a spectrum. I mean, yeah. the things that I think are not totally independent of my emotions. Right. Uh, oh, nor are my emotions independent of the way that I think. Right, because if you're, if you're honest and your heart's not doing well, what do you think your thoughts will be? Probably not the greatest thoughts in the world. But if you're doing well... Uh, spiritually, emotionally, all that, uh, we would say the center of your, center of your heart there, your, your thought life is probably going to be a little different. Mm. So, yeah, they are not completely independent. They are a little intertwined and, and cross, cross over a little bit. But in the ancient world, they thought it was all the heart. Everything was there inside the heart. Everything was there. Yeah, yeah. So as we wrap up, I do want to address, because you, you said that recognizing the impact of righteousness will change the way that we pray and that it would be kind of the impetus for to get us to step out in boldness. Uh, how does righteousness affect that kind of change in our lives? How how does righteousness change my <laughs> prayers, and how does righteousness give me boldness? Um. Well, if I know the way God sees me is not this filthy mess of mistakes, past regrets, of shame, um, I'm going to immediately view myself differently. If I can live into that, um, listen, you already have the, you're dressed in righteousness already, right? The enemy just wants to remind you of your past mistakes. And so if I live into my true identity of who Jesus Christ, who I am before God, if I'm truly living into that, that will change how I act, how I pray, me stepping out in boldness, because I'll realize I'm, oh, I'm not, I'm not that thing. I'm not that thing that has been, I've been carrying for 20 years of guilt and shame because I screwed up 20 years ago. I'm not that. I am, uh, I am cherished. I am loved. I am redeemed. I am free. And when we actually live into those, I think it, it begins to change who we are. I will pray. I realize when I'm very healthy, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, all that. When I'm very spiritually healthy, what I realize inside is that my prayers are just bigger. Because I don't feel like I'm just getting beat up by something. I feel like I can step out in faith greater, where I can take more risks. Because I know 
I know no matter what, God has me, I'm with, he's with me, but I, I almost begin to view myself differently also. Because again, for me, this is one of the hardest pieces because I do carry shame and guilt. I know I do. I get attacked there. And, um, but when I don't and I'm reminding the devil who I truly am in my real identity, it will change the way I pray. It changes. I'll be bold. I'll go out and say, hey, that's all right. Like, I, I know my neighbor over here doesn't know Jesus and he doesn't like the church. But, man, I shine up my breastplate knowing, man, I'm a child of God. He is with me, and I'm going to walk over here, and that I know God's going to speak to me and use me in this way, and I'm going to shine my righteousness so he can see it. And I can say, hey, I've made mistakes, but listen, I'm made new in Jesus Christ, and I can have that impact. Your witness can be bolder. Yeah, yeah, well, and because I think sometimes people feel like they can't. Uh, you know, even if they've come into a relationship with Jesus, they feel like, oh, I can't really talk to people because, man, like I used to be like a dirtbag. <laughs> right like i mean yeah. and and people know who i was like the yeah. way i've treated people and they feel like that somehow robs them of the ability to uh you know engage other people to try to point them towards jesus right but but when we put on that righteousness of jesus it almost amplifies how great the righteousness of jesus is because of how big of a dirtbag we, you know, we No, do you know how many people have said, like, I used to know you back in the day. You're completely changed. It's like, yeah, Jesus Christ. Like, it's incredible. So the power of our story is we have a past, but the way that God has transformed it, and now we're wearing the breastplate of righteousness, and I'm made right in his image. I'm clothed, and when God looks at me, he sees Jesus. But all of that has an incredible evangelism tilt to it. The difference, though, what the enemy wants to do is wants you to just stay in your past and say, well, that's always who you are. Can God really forgive you? Are you really made right? And that's the difference. Man, if we get this right, if, you, if we get living into our true identity of who Jesus Christ is, that we're plated up in righteousness every single day, um, and we live into that, man, I'm telling you, we can wreck, wreak, have it. Kinsey, Kinsey has jacked you Havoc. up with that. Well, then I see JB over in the corner of my eye, so it also caused me to say, wreak havoc for God's kingdom and just build it here. Man, if we just, oh, man. I know, I know I'm, touch, I'm hitting on listeners right now. I know there are many of you that deal with shame and guilt and um, the idea of I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm shame. Um, man. You're clothed in righteousness. Just always remember that. You are clothed in righteousness. You're made new, and God sees Jesus inside of you. And uh, if we can live into that, the impact we can have will be incredible. And maybe you're listening or you're watching, and, and you feel the weight of, of you know, maybe you recognize it, or maybe as we've been talking, it, you're, you're a little bit depressed because you're like, man, they're talking about how, like, I will never be good enough on my own. Uh, and it's right. <laughs> you, you won't be. However, if you haven't experienced that yet, if you haven't come into that relationship with Jesus, uh, we would love to talk to you. You can shoot us a question. A question? Shoot us a question? Yeah, that uh, works. Shoot us, you know, shoot us an email, podcast at theradiantlife.church. We would love to talk to you about what it looks like for you to enter into that relationship with Jesus to where you can now put on his righteousness, to where you can stop striving to try to be good enough on your own. And you can enter into that relationship. You can find freedom through Jesus. So we would love to have that conversation with you. So podcast at theradiantlife.church. 
All right. Anything else you want to throw out there? Yeah, I just want to Pastor close Ryan with uh, Ephesians 4.24. Remember, our entire series is based on Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Um, but actually, when Paul writes this, he gives us a little insight of, of this idea of putting on. Ephesians 4.24, And to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Put it on. You're created to be like God in righteousness. You are made right before God because of what Jesus Christ did. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, thank you guys for joining us for episode 14 of Radiant Reflections, podcast of Radiant Life Church. If your podcast platform allows it, we would encourage you to like, share, subscribe, rate, review, all of those good things. That gives us feedback to let us know if what we're doing is is a blessing, if it's effective. Uh, and it also, if you if you share, uh, we we can multiply the impact of what God is doing here in our community. So thanks for joining us. We will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.